What's up, everyone? Superfly Steve back at it again for you. Welcome to the Rad United Show, episode two. Thank you very much for streaming, downloading, and all that good stuff. Uh, we certainly, or I certainly do appreciate it. Before I get started, I'd like to mention that I am uh, very easy to follow on the Twitter, as I call it. Uh, you can reach me at Superfly Steve um, on uh, pretty much on that social media. We're setting up the not the website but we're sending up the email where you guys are going to be able to write in i just want the 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 audience to grow uh and we got to take baby steps so for the moment you're going to be limited to 140 characters on twitter at superfly steve please don't hesitate to reach out thank you very much for the people that are coming back and this where, where this is their second episode uh so you know the drill you know how it works you know how i am and who i am for those of you that are listening in for the first time welcome thank you very much for hitting the play button um, super simple. The Rad United works this way. I like video games. I like comics. I like pop culture, TV, movies, whatever. All that good stuff. I like to sprinkle in a little bit about my life and life in general in there. Not too much. I like to get down to the business. We talk about it. You're going to get commentary. You're going to get opinion about different things. And, and hopefully you enjoy it. And, and as well, and a beautiful segue. I love beautiful segues so much. Like a, like a beautiful painting that you understand right away. Um, beautiful segues are fun, and I'll segue into um, Halloween. Happy Halloween, which is tomorrow at time of recording. Um, I hope you had a fantastic time with family and friends and loved ones, and maybe people you didn't know because you were at a, uh, at a Halloween office party and you, you know, someone was wearing a mask. Whatever. Hope you had a good time. On my end, uh, I decided to waive any of my Halloween party going options. I have. It's not that I boycotted it, I, you know. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't feel that strongly about Halloween. I actually quite enjoy it. I, I have some very fond memories of my family, um, and even friends when it comes to Halloween. Um, and I, I tweeted about it yesterday, where I just successfully dodged boy. I tweeted boycotted, but I, I wanted to use the word for effect, uh, where I just I successfully dodged a pair of Halloween parties that I just didn't necessarily want to go to, and um, I feel good, I feel good, I feel rested this weekend, I did what I needed to do, I watched some TV shows, um, played some Battlefield, played some FIFA, but I hadn't gone into that in a little while, uh, uh, online seasons, um, played some Bravely Default, we're going to get into that uh, a little later on, speaking of Battlefield, if you were listening this week, if you have subscribed, which I know for a fact not many of you have, it's okay, baby steps, um, I had a side quest episode, this is, you see the side quest episodes are simple, I pick up a topic, talk about it for about 20-25 minutes, and that's pretty much it, and this week's side quest, or, or I think it was on Wednesday, uh, was about uh, Battlefield uh, One's my, my my basically my first impressions of Battlefield One, uh, and at that point in time, and you'll you'll see if you backtrack and just go listen to that recording eventually uh, after this after listening to this please, um, and you'll see that I just uh, recorded my impressions of the single player campaign maybe about two hours in. So I did the tutorial, I played the first mission or the first vignette as as a lot of people are referring um this game to or referring the campaign setup to uh, so they're little series of uh, little episodes that you can uh, that feature different um methods of play 
um, and feature different characters, of course, different little storylines. So the first one being Tanks. The second one I just completed last night, kind of on a whim, and I'll explain why in a couple minutes, um, was uh, Planes, which was great. It was an incredible uh, campaign, a little quicker for me at least. Maybe I just... I was on it. I was on ball on the ball a little bit better than the first campaign, uh, but but very very cool nonetheless. Very well done. The stories, you know, the stories, both stories work really really well uh, in that um, in that time for in 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 that setting essentially, which is the World War One setting. Um. So before I get started on my multiplayer and uh, impressions, which you know I I didn't play a shit ton of it. I played. I mean, don't judge me. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I played, I've played, I've played a little bit. I, it, you know, shut down last night, so that was a little bit of a negative uh, thing, but I'll get back to that. Uh, I, you know, if you're heading into Battlefield 1 or already into Battlefield 1, number one, send me a tweet, man. Let me know how you're liking it. Let me know what you're not liking, and, and we'll cover it on the show. I'll cover it on the show by myself because this is a podcast of one. Um, before you do anything, and, and if you're interested in the World of War One, follow uh, the Great War or subscribe rather to the Great War on YouTube. And they have very, very interesting World War One content. They basically follow the war week by week until November of 2018, where it will be a hundred years that the First World War ended, which is a pretty, which is a pretty, um, very, very cool concept. Uh, but also a very, uh, very innovative uh, concept that I have yet to see on YouTube. I mean, for someone to want to go so far as from 2014, essentially, to 2018 and hit, you know, consistently, obviously with the help of Patreon, it's a little help, and you can visit their Patreon as well if you feel like you like the content, if you're a history buff or a war buff like I am, uh, you know, give them a couple bucks and, and um, support People that are producing really, really ingenious content and, and very informative. Uh, I, a lot of stuff I've watched the first maybe twenty-five episodes. And they're about ten-minute episodes, and did uh, they have like a whole YouTube playlist where you can kind of just play them? And it, it's fantastic. It's a lot of stuff that I didn't know. Um, I'm much more of a World War II guy, just in terms of what I know, in terms of what we learned in school world war one was always kind of like skipped because it was continuation right so world war two was a continuation and um obviously the scale of that one not to uh diminish the 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 deaths of the young men in in world war one but world war two uh did its fair fair share of murder fair share of dying and its fair share of uh lives had its fair share of lives lost uh should i say so yeah follow the great war on youtube for some really Really cool World War One content. On the multiplayer for Battlefield 1, finally, I got to sit down with this. I wanted to originally finish the campaign, so I kind of got that out of the way, and then head into multiplayer. Like I've done for so many of these games. I Like Overwatch was the only one I didn't do it for because there is no single-player campaign. Um... And God only knows how cool that would be in like a little vignette format. Imagine if they had thought of that. Like Genji. Why Genji? What's he doing? See him in Japan or something. I don't know. Whatever. Junk rat. Whatever. Um, back to uh, back to Battlefield. I've... So yeah, I originally did not want to hit into multiplayer until finishing single player campaign. I said fuck it. Went in there. Guns blazing. With my trench gun. 
and um, it's quite the rich and rewarding experience. I was a little afraid that because of the online experience, whether it be service, whether it be server issues, lag, um, some of the the online interactions with some of the the, the, the players, uh, I. I was afraid that maybe the single-player and multiplayer experiences would diverge. They would not be the same. And no, I mean, uh, it looks as just as beautiful. It plays just as well and just as tight. And um, if you play with a good team, which most of the time you do because you get into Battlefield knowingly, right? You, you know what's going on. You know... Um, how to play this game and that you're going to need to stick together, support the other members, maybe play as a medic eventually if there's none in the team in order to be successful. Uh, strength in numbers is, is very important in Battlefield. That doesn't mean you can't camp. doesn't mean you can't use these beautifully crafted bolt-action rifles to take down the whole squads, the, the whole opposing squad. Not, n- not in the slightest. However, you do benefit from sticking together. And I love that aspect of of any first-person game, really. If I can get a game where I'm playing either with friends or with people that know what they're doing, they're sticking together. Let's say playing Domination, which is what I've played. I think it's the only thing i played. Domination is the only uh, mode that I played for Battlefield 1. There's still so much to explore. Uh, and I was originally wanted to, to wanting to test out different modes yesterday. Uh, and unfortunately, EA servers were um, overwhelmed with uh, Battlefield 1ers, FIFAers, and, and I think Titanfall is also on that server. I'm not sure. but So yeah, I wanted to play a little bit more yesterday, a little bit more multiplayer. I wasn't able to do too, too much. I'm at a rank 5 right now. Uh, again, very rewarding experience. There's so much to unlock. From guns to uh, sidearms to... Uh, extra weapons and and whatnot. So there's yeah there's there's definitely a lot to be done in the game, uh, multiplayer wise, which will keep me coming back. The maps are, are I have had no issues with maps. Usually in in a, in a first person and maybe that's just me, but usually in a first person shooter, I'm always kind of stuck where two or three maps are like meh. You know I could kind of do without them. Uh, and so goes for so many of these. You know, from Modern Warfare 1 to Black Ops 2 to Overwatch 2, um, not Battlefield. Because I, I really enjoy all the maps, but, but you know, Star Wars Battlefront had a couple in there that I didn't like. and So, good on them for having maps that we can get behind and that, that um, are completely interactive or very, very useful, very destructible as well. So, you're not, you don't, for the first time in a long time, you kind of don't feel like you're... Um, just in a random box hiding away from the enemy. Oh, you want to hide away from me? No problem. I have like an anti-tank gun and I'll blow up that fucking little bunker or whatever you're hiding in and that'll be the end of you. Uh, so that's that's also something that was super, super interesting um, for me was that, uh, that that kind of love for the maps right away, and I've I've I think I've played every map. I've won a game on every map, a map, especially the game of domination. Very competitive as well. Competitive as hell this battlefield game. Um, people are they know what they're doing. They definitely know what they're doing right off the bat. They uh, you you'll get shot sometimes, 
and you have no idea where it's coming from. You, you'll, you'll get shot, and you unfortunately have to resort to either dying there or waiting for a medic. But And then what it will do is it will kind of tell you, hey, this is the guy that shot you. And sometimes these guys are hiding behind bricks. They're hiding behind a giant wall. I don't even know how this guy got me, but he did. So very, very competitive. So you got to check your corners. You stay down. Stay prone. Stay hidden. And, uh, and, and, and work as a team, most importantly. So um, for all of you guys that are kind of jumping in or that are doing it right now and you're playing it with friends, so let's say you're playing with one or two other of your friends, Battlefield will, will lock your squad up right away by default. You can unlock that. And and please do us a favor. I don't play with too many of my friends. A lot of my friends playing Destiny. There's the new Iron King or whatever uh, expansion out. Uh, my, my Overwatch friends are still playing that for the Halloween stuff, although I think that's almost done. And uh, so, yeah, I wasn't playing with any friends, and I'm looking for squads. That's the best way to go. You can respawn on these guys. You can get in the thick of the action. And as much as maybe Battlefield games can be considered a little slow in comparison to their counterparts at um, Call of Duty or even, again, uh, not to be a dead horse here, but, but Overwatch as well. Well, this kind of speeds up the gameplay for me. I die. I skip the medic animation because there's no medics in the area because no one ever wants to be a fucking medic. In the real world, everyone wants to be a doctor. You want to get that doctor pussy. You want to be, you know, you want to get, you want to fuck your doctor. Uh, but no, in Battlefield, no medics. No one wants to heal anyone. Um, but maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the games I'm getting. Or, or either that or my fucking medics are sprawled out somewhere else because they're not next to me looking to revive me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, open up those squads. You can unlock the squads even if you're in a party chat. That's not going to affect your party chat. You can still talk, uh, shoot the shit about Pokemon Sun and Moon or whatever the fuck you guys are doing in your chats, and um, allow some people that don't necessarily have friends, <laughs> sorry, to um, to join in on your party and join in on on the fun, join in on the the the, the killing, the killing fun. So yeah, the, the the small drawback just to kind of get you know wrap up on Battlefield. Um, I don't think I'm gonna continue giving you guys my impressions. I'll probably talk about it on a random intro, maybe in a week or so, or two weeks or whatever. Um, yeah, the the, the lone drawback was that um, that that server issue where it's Saturday night, and I understand. I mean, these things happen, and they've been happening. Uh, it's a it's um. It's just a reality for modern gaming. That really, it really is. So from PS3 to PS4, it's just, or even Xbox 360 to, to one. Um, it's just a reality in modern gaming and you have to get accustomed to it. And then that's it. Servers are going to be down and they're timing. Servers don't know about timing. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it's, that's the way it is. And last night, Saturday night, at the time of recording, I kind of wanted to play and I wanted to test out these different modes. And I had the house myself, I had the TV to myself. I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, I had dodged those Halloween parties, and I wanted to play some Battlefield fucking one. And unfortunately, because the servers were down, so that's kind of been my only situation with the game. The rest, it's been relatively fun. Uh, it's great for whether you're playing domination. Again, I have not played the other modes, but as far as domination goes, it's great to kind of get in there, play a game. If you're tired, you don't want to play anymore or whatever. It's late. 
shut it off, put it on, uh, put it on sleep, and come back tomorrow and play another game. So it's good for these little short burst games, um, and uh, I'm I'm definitely enjoying my time with it, and I'm, I'm not regretting my purchase at all. So if you're still on the fence about it, and I understand, understandably so. Um, look, I have this podcast, and I'm trying to get off the ground, but you have Battlefield One, which is out, which I purchased, which I which I spend my hard earned money on. Remember, I'm not monetizing the, pod, the the podcast just yet, and I'm not getting review copies of these games. Shout out to anyone that can give me a review copy of any fucking game out there ever. Shoot them over Twitter. Um, DM me. DMs are open. Feel free. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, keep that in mind. I mean, I, I'm also. I was also. Sorry, I also had to make a decision as to what I'm. Go- I was going to buy. So, but I, I do understand the reality that Battlefield One's out. Titanfall Two's out. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is coming out, um, so it's tough. You got to make a decision. It's not you know it's not easy. It's not easy to on a whim kind of decide out of the three games without playing them which one or out of the three FPS games, which are games that you're gonna you're gonna unfortunately or fortunately rather um, you're gonna be giving a lot of your time to your 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 total play time at the end of its cycle will be high, especially if you're an FPS fan. So I do understand that it's there's a little bit of a struggle there when it comes to which one do I pick. Uh, but if you're on the fence and you've already tried Titanfall 2 at a friend's house or rented it or whatever the fuck you want to, whatever you want to do and are not dealing with Call of Duty's bullshit anymore, understandably so, then Battlefield 1, and I'm not doing this to sound um, biased at all. I'm telling you, Battlefield 1 will be a really, really cool experience, different and it's something that you'll you'll be able to play with all you know all the DLC, all the stuff that's going to be coming out. EA is kind of notorious for that stuff. More notorious on the battlefront front. Uh, they're more notorious for fucking charging me fifteen bucks per DLC. But hey, what are you going to do? I should have picked up a season pass. But even at that, that was the price of a game. The season pass being a price of a game is ludicrous. You know, it's like fifty nine ninety nine or sixty nine ninety nine in Canada. I'm not sure. So I'm paying, I'm gonna wind up paying like upwards of a hundred and you know almost 180 bucks for the game, the deluxe edition of of the Star Wars game or the Battlefront game or any game at that. And then EA is gonna pump out a season pass, which I'm gonna have to also pay for. So it's a total of 100 180 bucks. That, that just doesn't make sense. So yeah, Battlefield One. Buy it. it's not, I'm not gonna say it's a must buy. I hate people to fucking say that it's a must buy. Oh fuck you! You know must buy. Must buy what? You fucking know my financial situation. No, so buy it if you can. If you're on the fence about a game, don't want to deal with Call of Duty, aren't necessarily a Titanfall guy, buy Battlefield One if you have the funds. If not, you can wait for Black Friday. That's coming up. Christmas Boxing Day. That's coming up. So you'll be able to have it on sale eventually. Whether it's twenty bucks in Canada or. Usually, what it is in the states is that it's like twenty bucks off in Canada, and then like seventy bucks off in the states. So it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, pick it up if you can. Battlefield One, two thumbs up. <laughs> um, switching outside of, I'm mean, gonna you know, take a sip of water. You can take a sip of water too while you're doing this. If you're in, on the bus, then fuck you. Look at look at someone across from you while I take a sip of water. Give me a second. That's beautiful. Oh my god, I feel so bad. Um, I wanted to switch it up from gaming to just hit my mic. I want to, <laughs> to switch it up from gaming to Star Wars Rebels. Now I'm a I'm a so so Star Wars fan. I, I like Star Wars. I'm, I'm not a crazy nut. I'm like I'm I don't go nuts, but I do. 
I do enjoy this whole Star Wars revival. I do enjoy what Disney's done with the franchise and Marvel has done with the franchise, um, which I think are the same entity. But hey, what do you think? What do you know? What do I know? Rather, uh, I do enjoy what they've done with the franchise, um, and I do particularly enjoy Rebels. Uh, I was I didn't go for uh, whatever the Clone Wars show was doing. Um, not because I didn't like the design, not because I didn't like the, or the animation rather, not because I didn't like the, the voice acting or whatever that may be, but I was, I wasn't too, too keen on, uh, on, on, uh, Clone Wars, but Rebels has right, maybe because I started it from the beginning, you know, I started watching from episode one, um, Rebels has has done a really really fantastic job in encapsulating that whole rebel uh, vibe for me, and I'm I'm deeply, deeply, deeply connected to Ezra and Kanan. Uh, Kanan had a comic book uh, recently, I think it was a year ago, that, that ran for twelve issues. I read that, I devoured it, I, I bought them all. I didn't even buy the paperbacks, man. I have my mic comic shop is fantastic has all the back issues and I kind of just um I picked up all the back issues and I devoured them in one day fantastic fantastic uh fantastic little uh comic uh that kind of goes into the origins of Kanan um I like Hera I like I like them all everyone is really fantastic but most importantly and we'll touch on this season uh obviously I'm not going to go back into to to the first two seasons uh, most importantly, I really like all these cameos that we're getting. I like all the cameos from the younger characters that we met in the original trilogy. And I'm also enjoying um, some of the cameos from uh, people in, this, in, in the, the, the uh, second trilogy or, the, the, you know, or episode one, two, and three. Uh, Darth Maul being one of those, for example. And then on the flip side, Darth Vader <laughs> being a pretty fucking big one. Uh, last season kind of left me in awe. I, I've enjoyed. I really, really loved seeing. And spoiler alert: unfortunately, fuck you if you haven't listened. If you haven't watched it, Vader's in there. Ahsoka's in there as well. And uh, again, not a massive Clone Wars guy, but I knew who Ahsoka was, and and I knew that the meeting between her and and Anik, Annie or Anakin or, or Darth Vader in this case would would have been um, really cool. And it was. It was one of the moments of last season, in my opinion. And that face-off was uh, quite the interesting, uh, quite the interesting fight there, or, or quite the interesting meeting. So, season three is about five episodes in. I think they're on a little bit of a hiatus for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think they it's back in beginning of November. Uh, so so far, I'm really enjoying how Ezra is is coping between this whole balancing the light and the dark. Whereas with especially in the Clone Wars, for example, whereas it was very very clear that Anakin, not because we knew already, obviously, I hear you fucking assholes already tweeting at me. Um. But it's clear that he was going down that road. They depicted it that way as well. Without you knowing that he would be Darth Vader, you're like, this motherfucker is angry. And he needs anger management. Whereas with Ezra, I have no fucking idea. I know that his intentions are pure, like Miss Jackson, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm not sure where the fuck he's going to go uh, after all this. And um, 
he he's particularly dealing and coping with it more the first five episodes of this season uh, specifically because of his run in with Darth Maul last season and the whole you know that that whole thing where um, he got to explore some of the the features <laughs> of the dark side if you want to put it that way. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out for him, not just in season three, but in in the rest of of, of Rebels' uh, plans, I guess, for uh, for Ezra uh, in the coming seasons. Hopefully, there's there's uh, six to seven seasons like we saw with Clone Wars. That would be that that'd be fantastic if they could pair it with one of the prequel movies, or maybe someone in there. You know, maybe Kanan, maybe Ezra himself branches off and gets a, a live-action movie of his own. That'd be pretty... I think that'd be pretty cool because the generation of kids would... And even Star Wars fans, <laughs> like me, because I'm not a kid, would grow up with Ezra, would grow up with that ragtag gang. Uh, and um, I think a live-action movie would, would be super cool and definitely make sense. Um... Also, a little thing that I kind of noticed is is the question that I was asking myself: Is Kanan is Kanan becoming a more powerful Jedi after losing his eyesight? With the whole, you know, he he had two meetings with the Bendu, which is that big giant beast, uh, with kind of which which led Kanan to discover new things about himself and the new ways to use the Force, where he kind of guides, for example, guides Ezra. Uh, through a cave of of these crazy spiders on that planet where they were they were on at the end of last season and um, obviously this season as well. So I'm again another thing that I'm very curious to see is is he kind of discovering more because of the loss of his eyesight and and what does that have to do with any uh, other force users in the galaxy? I think there's some blind characters and. In Rebels, and uh, sorry, in uh, Rogue One, the live action movie coming out uh, very very soon. Actually, I got to pick up those. T- I got to pick up my tickets. I don't know about you guys, but maybe set a reminder in your phone. You got to pick up some tickets for Rogue One because uh, that that's you like it's not a. I mean, it's still as hyped because it's a Star Wars flick, but it's you know obviously it's not as hyped merchandise wise and and, and promotion wise for the time being. As uh, Force Awakens was, I mean, I was Force Awakens last year. I was um, nipping at the heels. I was ready to go. I wanted to watch the movie four times in a row. I don't necessarily have the same sentiment for Rogue One, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to go watch it the first day and enjoy it and, and love the fact that I'm getting two movies in the Star Wars universe in, a, in 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 two straight years of or basically two straight Christmas seasons of movies in the Star Wars universe. So I'm looking forward to that. Um this season also saw uh Wedge Antilles had a whole episode about him uh where uh they infiltrate the empire uh after some tid, uh, bit of information that maybe some of the Empire recruits are looking to switch over and want to switch over to Rebels. And Wedge Antilles, who, if you do not know, if you haven't already fucking Googled this or, or wikipedia his name, uh, because I know you click on the draw, you crazy kids, 
Uh, he's just the, the pilot uh, that has survived, or the only, the only pilot to have survived, I guess, aside from Luke. Uh, was Luke there? I don't know. R- write me at SuperflySteve on Twitter. At SuperflySteve on Twitter. I want to know if Luke was at uh, both uh, Death Star raids. I'm not sure. But anyways, he's the only pilot known to have survived uh, both Death Star raids. And it's a great kind of... It's great to get a bit of, of uh, canon backstory. It's quite simple. It's great to get a little bit of canon backstory aside from the comic books where you're going to get a little bit of... A, a, a little bit of that in there especially for the new characters and in the, the new trilogy aside from the books which look i haven't even read anything and chuck wendig has some really fantastic books there's aftermath there's a book on ahsoka there's a book on princess leia uh and the republic and and whatnot and the rebellion and there's there's uh some really really fantastic books out there that um are canon and that help you the the discover some new things about some of these characters that we are running into and that we're accustomed to seeing in these these uh, these newer Star Wars uh, iterations like Rebels and Rogue One and The Force Awakens and, and soon uh, Episode 8, which is unnamed, and we'll see what the hell that is. The Force is up and having a coffee. So Wedge Antilles, super super cool episode. More of that, more of that, more of that, more of that. If somehow the sh- this gets to the showrunners, somehow by some divine intervention, you're listening to this show in a in 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 the future. More of those little cameos, super super cool. And a little kind of little another little tidbit that I really enjoyed about Star Wars Rebels, the last episode, which is called Last Battle, has a meeting between stormtroopers and, and old battle droids, <laughs> and that's so cool, man. Like. Say what you want about the episode itself. It wasn't necessarily the best episode uh, in the series. However, this is a really cool meeting. It's like an, like it's like the antagonists of old meet the antagonists of new. And um, yeah, so one is the regular dude and the other one is just a really cheesy fucking droid that, that uh, gets squashed by a walker, <laughs> which is pretty cool. And... Yeah, so so something kind of, and 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 to be very honest, I kind of felt really happy when that walker crushed a couple of those droids. It was just fucking annoying, motherfuckers. They're great. They're a part of the lore. They're a part of their canon. Definitely, they're one, two, three, uh, or one, two. Um, so you know, I'm not gonna say anything. There. And 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 to be honest, episode one, two, and three were the only ones I got to see in the movies when they were released because I wasn't of age to to watch um, episode six. So they they are a part of my Star Wars experience, like it or not, and all of ours. If we're if you're between eighteen and, and I don't know uh, thirty five, chances are you can go watch episode six or or episode five at the movie theater. So these these droids are a part of our uh, part of our lives, like it or not, and a part of our initial Star Wars experiences with the new trilogies. So great. Great, great having the stormtroopers and the droids meet each other. That was that was also fantastic. So Star Wars Rebels, I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be coming back in and out of that. Uh, maybe after watching three, four, five episodes, kind of like I did now. I wanted to wait and wait until the the season had a little bit of chunk on it, so I can analyze and see where and, and ask myself some questions and see where everything was going. So if you have some stuff that you'd love to talk about, some uh, I don't know, some some questions about the series or 
um, or even some 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 theories or whatever about Ezra, about Kanan, about the future for these uh, for the gang of, of rebels. Shoot me over a little tweet. Again, I'm going to repeat myself several times until you get it and follow. Hit the follow button, of course. Don't just go and tweet at me. Follow, then tweet at me. Um, at Supa Fly Steve. That's S-U-P-A Fly Steve. Sticking with the we're sticking with the Star Wars talk. I'm pretty. I'm digging the Star Wars talk. I'm really really happy that we're we're um, we can do this. <laughs> uh, a little piece of information that I got from Wired. I was reading Wired on like on Thursday or whatever, and they always do this this um, this little Star Wars recap. And thank you very much, Wired, for doing that. Fantastic. I love it. It's one of the things that I look forward to on the site uh, every week. So keep doing what you're doing. Fantastic job. Uh, so apparently Lucasfilm is suing uh, LightsaberAcademy.com. These guys just kind of teach you uh, lightsaber skills. They claim to have over 50 years of experience in lightsaber combat. I'm, um, I'm not sure what the fuck that means, but that's what they do. That's what they have. Um, so they're suing them for copyright infringement and they're seeking up to $2 million in damages. At this point, so I've, you, you can't see me because there's no camera. We're not filming. But I've put I'm I am grabbing the microphone right now, and I've put my my elbows on the table. At this point, and I'm gonna lower a little bit of my voice just so you get my fucking point. So you have to listen in. At this point, let these guys do something that is arguably fucking cool for someone that wants to learn how to um, man a quote unquote lightsaber or a saber in general. Uh, uh, an, a weapon in general, a hand weapon, aside from a gun, then this is a cool experience, and maybe you can reach a common ground with them. There's no need to go take out the suits from your from their fucking pen, send them out, send out your goons, and, and start suing people for $2 million. Please don't sue me for saying this. This is a matter of personal opinion. Um... These guys are just out there. They're fans. Clearly, they're fans. Clearly, there's people waiting for tickets uh, or waiting in line to go watch the movie on the first day. Clearly. Clearly. Or advanced screenings, even. So, you know, there's, there's, there's... My grandma would always say, pick your battles. So pick your fucking battles. You make enough money. You don't have to... What's that $2 million going to do? That $2 million is a drop in the bucket. That $2 million pays... For Chewie's suit to be stored, or Chewie's suits, if there's several, hopefully, you know, just in case something happens, to be stored in a in a facility in fucking London, England. So don't give me that bullshit. Two, what do you need $2 million for? You're just like proving a point? Is that what you're doing? Is that what you want to do? So you don't need to do that. It's not necessary. More power to Lucas, uh, to uh, lightsaberacademy.com, and I hope it all goes well for you guys. And and you can come to a gentlemanly agreement. If not, then we'll cover it on the show again and try to get you guys some, some exposure. Although I, that's not going to be too, too much on this show. <laughs> not for now, at least. Cross my fingers. One more little Star Wars uh, news uh, news bit. Uh, Donald Glover, a.k.a. also known as Childish Gambino, American uh, rapper, hip-hop artist, has been cast as uh, Lando Calrissian in the Solo Han Solo movie. Uh, the or I guess it's an origin story or whatever they want to call it, or a Star Wars story, Han Solo. Um, that's a cool casting. If he can nail the vibe 
of Billy D. That's a cool cast. You never know, especially for casting, you never know how these things are going to play out. Some of them you're like, okay, this is far-fetched and it's never going to work. But when it comes to someone like Gambino, who I'm, an, I'm a big Community fan. He was on Community. He's on Atlanta. If you haven't watched that, I watched the first episode. It was really good. Uh, so, so get into that. He's got some acting chops. Clearly, definitely got some acting chops. So hey, it, it, and he's probably a fan. He's probably a fan. I mean, you can't get into, you can't book this if you're not a fan, in my opinion. You have to feel the roles. Just like Han Solo will, or young Han Solo will, uh, just like even the people f- that were cast for the new, um, for the Force Awakens last well, last year, the year, a couple years before, you gotta feel these parts. You gotta love these parts in order to be able to perform them accordingly. So good luck to Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino, uh, as he uh, takes on the role of Lando. Uh, some unfortunate news <clears throat> in terms of uh, sticking to movies. Uh, Deadpool 2 has lost uh, Tim Miller, which directed the first one. Um, and But on the flip side, I mean, positive, on the positive side, uh, David Leach. I'm sorry for the, if I fuck up your name, but hey, that's the way the world works. I don't know everyone's name, and I don't know everyone. David Leach uh, of John Wick fame uh, is the front runner. To replace him, that's not confirmed. And t- at time of recording, that is not confirmed. One of the reasons for Miller's departure, again, these are rumors, is that the sequel could have potentially cost uh, three times more to make than the original, which I guess left him uh, and and producer Ryan Reynolds at odds. And this is super unfortunate, um, especially considering the the massive colossal colossus. Yeah, no pun intended. I guess. Uh, I didn't mean that. So the massive colossal success of the first one, uh, un- un- really unexpected success of the first one with the mature title, the Valentine's Day release date, but behind strong marketing, a solid format, a solid um, action movie, and a lot of word of mouth. Really, uh, it-, it got to beat uh, a really, really, it got a really good opening and a really good um, total uh, total sales uh, out of it. And that sucks that, that Miller's not coming back for that one. Especially if you're a director, you want to continue seeing the project because if uh, a sequel is just a continuation of the first project, in my opinion, because you're taking elements from the first one and adapting them and, and incorporating them in the second. But that's just, I'm not a filmmaker, but that's how I would feel. <laughs> so you want to see your project continue and do good. Um Almost like the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> where there's like there's been 19 of them, but you want to con- it's the project. It's a project that continues. You, you want to continue and see it do good. What we're gonna get on the positive again? Uh, these are only rumors. Nothing is confirmed here. But we what we would potentially get out of David Leach, as I mentioned, uh, he is of John Wick fame, and that was a sick fucking movie. And they're making the second one. I think he's attached to sac- to that one as well. Uh, so good and good on the Deadpool people to or Deadpool two people to uh, showrunners or movie runners to get uh, someone of his um, stature and someone that can do this movie justice. Now, every article that you'll read about David Leach will mention John Wick, uh, but this guy's been credited for like eighty three stunt credits essentially, or every uh, eighty three stunt coordinator credits or any anything around that kind of. Uh, realm, uh, most notably 300 Fight Club, The Bourne Ultimatum, 
John Wick, of course. I mean, if you're a director, you're in there. You're definitely trying to make sure that, that the stunts are real or look as real as possible. And then the movies that I kind of just spewed off uh, spewed off a couple of seconds ago, they, they were all pretty fucking fantastic. They had some really, really good... Um, some really good stunts. So I'm looking forward to this. Even though, again, Tim Miller, you want someone that's going to share the vision with you. You want someone that understands uh, and that was behind the success of the first one so he can be the best placed to repeat the success of the second for the second. But what do you expect? It's a sequel. There's nothing really you can do. People people separate. People leave you. There's nothing to do. So uh, good luck to, to, to Tim Miller and good luck to hopefully... Uh, if it pans out, if it materializes, good luck to uh, to David Leach as well. Um, we spoke about, in the first side quest, the first little side podcast, we spoke about Switch, the Nintendo new, new Nintendo console, Nintendo Switch. I also told you that because of it, I had Will Smith's fucking Switch song in my head that whole weekend, and it stayed there. It stayed there as I was recording that and saying that. It was in my head. It might come back after. <laughs> After recording this, it might come back. Uh, a little, <laughs> really funny, really fucking funny um, thing about the video was uh, this character called Karen, who is playing Switch, looks across her living room window to see friends that are about to have a rooftop terrace party and decides to join them and brings. Nintendo Switch. So, the, the, I mean, it's it looks as ludicrous as it sounds. As I'm saying it, I can't even keep a straight face. And the Reddit community, community as it wonderfully does on the regular, um, has decided to create a subreddit for Karen from the Switch video, uh, where there is just a plethora of memes and uh, just different things i saw like an amiibo karen character uh me characters and um yeah so i don't know man i don't know if i'd like to invite like an anti-social neighbor um because i'm a little anti-social myself you have to be right um i don't know if i'd invite like an anti-social neighbor like if i would knowingly invite an anti-social neighbor to my rooftop terrace party and accept him or her bring his Nintendo Switch. I mean, dude, we're fucking conversing and having drinks and sitting down talking about life. Maybe playing cards against humanity. Maybe I'm skinning a deer. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But I know I know one thing. I'm not going to be playing NBA 2K17 on a tiny tablet with seven people. It's not going to happen. It won't. I'm probably already hammered and high right now. I'm not playing that game. That's for sure. So I don't know how... How I would feel about Karen showing up to my party. I'd love to see her. She's a good looking gal. But um, to have her bring her, you know. So anyways, good on Nintendo for showcasing millennials in that video. That's what they wanted to do. Did they plan this whole Karen thing? Did they? Did, were they under the impression that Karen might potentially <laughs> lead to internet fame? Lead to being a giant internet meme? I'm always asking myself this question because for me, I, I feel like, and not to talk about politics because I'm not the guy to to give you any uh, any concrete opinion about politics, but I, I kind of feel like Donald Trump is just a viral candidate. So it's just like he's there, he's going to say shit, 
people are going to make memes out of them, not out of him, and maybe that'll give him some votes. <laughs> so maybe Nintendo were like, hey, let's let's create this Karen character and see see where it goes. So you know, hopefully we can get down to the nitty gritty, and and hopefully this is not the last we see of Karen. Maybe next time she it, it's the reverse effect. Maybe she just came back from a hike, a morning hike with friends. Maybe she just came back from the biodome. Maybe she came back from a movie with friends <laughs> where she was conversing, maybe hopefully not in the movie, and socializing. And then gets home, gets in her PJs, and plays some Yoshi's Woolly World or whatever the fuck's going to be on that console. So, yeah, maybe we'll see her again in January, uh, which is, by the way, when a Nintendo will unveil. I think it's January 15th. They'll unveil a little bit more about the Switch. It's going to be, like, it's crazy because it's, like, two two months before the console's supposed to release. So, it's just, the way they're they're going about it is a little weird, but I understand. I mean, you're not PS4, you're not PlayStation, you're not Xbox. You want to switch it up, do different things, not spend shitload of money on an orchestra in order in order to just unveil a couple games and uh unveil a new console or unveil a, an upgrade to your console so i understand that so good on nintendo for that and hopefully we get to see some more of karen it's already that that we're already at the now playing section of this podcast this podcast man this is just like episode two but this like stuff like flies time flies when you're having fun guys it that rhymed and uh, so now playing, for those of you that are not familiar, I just kind of go ahead and tell you what I'm doing, what I'm reading, what I'm playing, what I'm watching. And uh, as usual, I want you guys to interact with me. Give me some of your comments about some of the shows and the games and the books that we're we're mentioning in this segment. And please feel free. I'm here. I'm, I, I want to interact with you guys. So hit the follow button. Hit a reply send a message, send a DM, whatever you want to do, and I'll, I'll even read them out on the, on the next podcast without a problem. I'll tell you what's a problem. I started watching Black Mirror, and it's a problem because I want to watch every fucking episode in succession and, like, lock myself in, and, and you know, there's only 13 episodes. So it's not too bad. And um, I'm definitely loving the commentary so far. The... The whole undertones about technology and super technology and how it affects us. The control that we, in my opinion, and this is my analysis. If you have a different way of viewing it or a different viewpoints or talking points about Black Mirror. Number one, cool. Number two, hey, you don't like these ones. Fuck you. Um, So the control that we relinquish and obtain by using these technologies... I feel like that subject is covered um, a lot. And subjects like obsession, power, freedom are all covered in there. So these natural kind of emotions that we have inside of us um, are covered by the show. And these emotions are released because of the use of... Of these super technologies that they cover in the show. And some of them are brilliant. Some of them are brilliant pieces of science fiction. That that are going to stand the test of time. In my opinion. So I really am, am enjoying Black Mirror thoroughly. I love it. 
it's fantastic uh, little uh, little series. I think season one for those of you jumping in and are not sure what the fuck's going on with the episodes. It's normal. Season one, three episodes. Two, three episodes. Three, six episodes. Uh, and I think the season two, episode one, is on Netflix Canada. Season three, the whole thing is on Netflix Canada as well. Netflix America as well, for sure. U.S. Uh, and season one, you're going to have to find somewhere uh, legal or not legal. You decide what you want to do. <laughs> uh, for those of you kind of jumping in as well. I took a sip of water there. Um, <laughs> season two, episode one has an incredible appearance by John Hamm, a little cameo from him of Mad Men fame. For those of you that don't know, and keeping up with or meet the Joneses, whatever their name is, whatever it is, keeping up with the Joneses. I don't know. The new, new new movie coming out with the Wonder Woman and whatnot. So he's in one of the episodes, as well as in the same episode, uh, Una Chaplin, who was Robert Stark's uh, wife, I guess. Uh, baby mama in Game of Thrones uh, before the infamous Red Wedding, which I will not get into because I'm still angry and shocked at it, and I, I, my blood pressure can't deal. So Black Mirror, get into it, watch it, fantastic show. Um, another show that I've been watching or that I finished over the course of the weekend uh, was One Punch Man, an anime. Uh, where you guessed it, the and main protagonist uh, beats everyone up with one punch. Um, starts off slow, four or five episodes of just kind of getting to know the character, him fighting some pretty cool battles. And admittedly, I'll, this is this is an anime that looks really fantastic. I think the studio is called One, and they do a really fantastic job in in. Um, Especially with their storytelling and the way that they draw all this, it's, it's a really, really fantastic, um, fantastic piece of TV. Uh, and this hero Saitama just works hard his whole life to become a hero. Has a crazy, crazy physical conditioning or stre- strength conditioning regimen, and uh, somehow uh, has the ability to kill people and or foes rather, or monsters or, or bad guys. What? One punch. Interesting premise, you would say. Like, oh, doesn't he get bored? Well, that's the point. He does get bored, and he he you do see that feeling of, oh, is that all? And he walks around with that. That's on his face, like eighty percent of the time. He's just like, oh, okay, well, it's great. Pick it up. Um, whether you're an anime or non-anime fan, you can watch it on. You can watch it subbed or, or dubbed, whatever it is. You'll definitely enjoy it for. The humor, the action, and again, the animation is is the stuff of dreams. It's really fantastic. So One Punch Man on your favorite uh, anime streaming uh, platform. I'm not sure which one has it, but you'll find it. Google exists. Okay, great. Uh, and I finally, you know, last but not least, I finally got around to playing Bravely Default, uh, which is um, the first of two games on Nintendo 3DS. I think it's published by Square Enix. Um, RPG, of course. And, and you know, the first couple minutes, minutes, like minutes, <clears throat> you get the Square Enix feel. And I'm talking about a feel that I got from Squaresoft in the, in the 90s and, and from Final Fantasy 7 and now from, from Bravely Default. So you can definitely t- 
tell it's a well-crafted RPG from people that or a company that knows exactly what they're doing. Um, but a, beyond that, something that you, if you're an RPG fan, or even if you're not, even if you occasionally play them casually, or you just kind of like a pick-up-and-play kind of thing for you, almost like me, the combat system is, is really like nothing I've ever personally seen. So forgive me if it exists in some obscure JRPG somewhere. Uh, but in this case, uh, what Bravely Default allows you to do is to block for a round, called default, and use uh, an extra attack turn. So you'll save an extra atta- uh, save an attack turn and use those attack turns to land successive attacks uh, next turn. Or if you block again, well, you can. I think you can block up to four times or three times, uh, and that's called Brave. And that's probably what stands out out of the game right now. So yeah, storyline is fantastic. Uh, I won't get into the, like too too much details. Some of you or most of you have probably played it already. I'm enjoying it. If you haven't, it's a great little thing to pick up for 3DS. It's winter, you know, for a lot of us on the East Coast. It's coming up. You're going to be staying inside. You're going to be playing. You're going to be cuddling under a blankie with your coffee, with your chocolate, your hot chocolate. And you're going to want an RPG to, to warm you up and, and, and something to grind that, you know, will see you through these these really long winter days. And Bravely Default, the game for you, man. And I'm looking at my clock. I'm looking at my recording here, and we're at 53 minutes. Guys, that's the end of episode two. Give yourselves a round of applause for listening to my raggedy-ass voice for 53 fucking... Actually, I have a really cool voice. For 53 fucking minutes. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing if you have done so, following on Twitter, sharing with friends, most importantly, if you like what you hear. I am reachable for the time being exclusively on Twitter at SuperFlySteve, S-U-P-A Fly Steve. Hit me up with anything you might want, some topics you want to cover if uh, you're a potential sponsor or a uh, game publisher. If you want to hit me up with some sponsor money and or review game review codes. Uh, also, uh, DMs are very open, so f- please feel free. Anyone, indie publisher, someone that you, you want to... Coming on the show for an interview or whatever it may be, please, please feel free. Um, until, until then, thank you very, very much for listening again. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, like, do whatever you got to do. Look out for our YouTube channel, which will be launching super soon. I'm just going to be taking these podcasts and uh, shoot, shooting, shooting, shooting them up on the YouTube, uploading them on the YouTubes. Um, for either easy listening for you guys that might not have access to it at work or whatever, and then YouTubes is a better option. And why not? So until next time, I'm Superfly Steve, and this has been the Rad United. Until then, stay rad. Later.